Welcome into another edition of the Big Red Louie podcast. It is a wonderful Tuesday night here in Louisville. I'm your host, Jacob Lane, joined tonight by my good friend, Alex Stingle. How are you, man? What's going on, Jacob? You know, just a good old Tuesday that feels like a Thursday. Yeah. It's, no, it's been, it feels like another Monday to me. Yeah. Um, that's, well, it feels like, uh, I guess I, that's a, yeah. Did you say that wrong? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. It feels like it should be Thursday, but it's not Thursday. Right. I, I get what you're saying. I know we, what you're trying to say. We're going to have a good show for you guys tonight. We're joined by Ethan Moore of Louisville Sports Live later on in the show, along with Greg Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Coach Fitz. Papa Fitz, I'm pumped. Dad of Desmond Fitzpatrick and Christian Fitzpatrick. We've got a lot to get into tonight. A lot of things have been going on the last couple of days with football, specifically with the depth chart and the beginning of media day. But let's first talk about the weekend that was. Louisville was kind of everywhere in a sense, both locally and nationally. Two different really cool things kind of getting popular among fan bases. Let's start with the pool basketball video. Quite possibly the coolest thing I've seen in a long time in an offseason. Super I'm, 6 is already making headlines. Right, and I'm convinced that that means 40-0. and 0 Not and a game Shirts should be printed. Yep. So for those of you who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, Louisville hanging out with Coach Chris Mack at his house, which looked like the coolest pool I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. And oh, uh, one of those viral pool videos, which this is Louisville's second in the last couple of years. The baseball team had one a few years ago. Right. But create a viral video with some passing and some sliding and some Hulk smashes at the end. Um, all over social media, Sports Center picks it up, puts it on their show. Just a lot of good press for Louisville. Like, it's pretty awesome, right? See, in my mind, they've already done a version of that in practice. No, from, no, dude, from, they've been practicing that for a while. Like, there had to be, absolutely, because everyone almost essentially played their role on the court anyways. Like, you had David Johnson with just the dime. That's uh, true. The dime pass. You yeah. had Aiden just dunking it. You had Sam. Sam makes a smart, make heady play. Make awesome behind-the-back pass. I yeah. mean, in my mind, they've already practiced it on the court, but... I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah, but let me tell you all, for those of you who don't play pool basketball, trying to slide down a slide and jump at the same time as somebody else and get the ball per- like thrown to you perfectly in midair, like, I cannot imagine how, oh, I was how, terrible bad, at that. how bad I would make that look. So if, bad at that. Can you, can you imagine this? If we grab five of our friends and we go and do that, what do you think it would be the worst thing ever? Like, just <laughs> like pure outtakes for people to watch rather than just majestic basketball? That would... Like I did try that growing up, and I'm, I just wanted to get a normal alley oop, and it took about ten tries. So the fact that they could coordinate all that, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of jealous a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Secondly, in Louisville, let alone Jordan Wara, Stephen Enoch, Darius Perry, Quince Lazinski, some other friends of theirs. I think there's a basketball manager in there. I'm not sure who that. I've never seen that guy, but they're out at Forecastle, and not just at Forecastle. They're in the front row of big shows like and there's pictures just popping up all over the place and you cap the weekend off with the picture with jack harlow after he performs in the middle of portugal the man you, the, the picture with all those guys like that's got to be for me the coolest thing i've seen and just with like the the community in a long time yeah so i don't follow him personally um i think somebody might have clipped it or something and um put it on twitter but yeah, Aiden had this awesome video of like just a giant selfie video of him and then the entire Forecastle crowd. And then you just see them starting this giant cards chant uh, in the background. So it was pretty wild. Um, yeah, I, I didn't attend, but, but the video was awesome. I love how ingrained they're getting like immediately with the city. Like I feel like that that's the kind of thing um, that I didn't really think about. As a fan, that's like true. The, the, intan- the intangible experiences away from the basketball court. Right. I think things like that really um, make an impact as well. Because you also have to think these guys have a lot of buddies, and some of these buddies are younger that haven't committed to schools yet that are also yeah. really really good. So these, so I'm sure Aiden has a bunch of followers, especially you know playing at the the Peach Jam right now or whatever it is. Like right. who knows who they who he follows. So good exposure like that about the city like yeah it's a fun town since i'm sure you know there's kids from other states that have no idea how big louisville is what it looks like right you know they know uofl's there and that's about it have you ever been to forecastle uh once last year i I went for like half a day what'd you think i've been i've been four times i enjoy it I think it's a good time, a lot yeah. of good music, but I'm also not into a lot of the music that they have, so I'm very selective of when I go and who I see. But who did you see last year? What were some of the, the groups that you wanted to see? Um, 
I'm trying to think. So last year we went, and I think the two memorable ones while we were there were like Jimmy Eat World, and then uh, we really came for like Chris Stapleton. I think uh, in the evening he was awesome. Yeah, I he do was, remember that. He was, he was really good. Did you see T Pain under the bridge last year? Did you go to that show? No, like I saw him. I saw him walk out on stage, and we were already going um, in another direction. Like we met up with friends there and, and right. stuff like that. But no, that. I'm trying to think of the song he came out to start with. Um, yeah, no, I can't. Yeah, so that was a that was quite an interesting show. I was really hopeful to see a guy like T Pain because I grew up listening to him. Walk it out. It, it was walk it out. That's what he started with. T Pain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, show was cool, but it was not my scene. Went to Chris Stapleton and had the time of my life. Have you seen the? Did you see the lineup this year? Did you see who, who played? Who the headliners were? Um, what was it? Um, the ones I really wanted to go see this year. I always just pick a handful. Uh, and I think it was the Killers, the Avabros, and Tyler Childers. I think were the three that I really wanted to. There's a few others in there I can't really remember, but those were the the three I wanted. If I went, I'd go see. Yeah, I thought I I was a expecting to go to this forecastle for the last like six months. I really thought I was going to go and then just end up being able to do it. But I wanted to see Anderson pack and also see Nelly the same day. That would have been possibly one of the best like hip hop lineups that they've had in a long time. Um, and I don't know if you, have you ever listened to Anderson pack, but he's no, one I of haven't. my, he's one of my favorites out right now. I was just reminiscent. I think we got there and I missed Nelly, uh, the other year he was here. Really, I didn't know Nelly had ever played at Forecastle before. I thought he did. No, I have, I have no idea. I know he played, and I was expecting his show to be a lot like T Pain's, where he was underneath the bridge, and it was like an electronic show. But it was apparently, from pictures I've seen, a pretty good weekend. But it's, it's nice to see, see the Louisville guys, like you said, out ingrained in the community and doing something like that, because that's a cool experience for a college kid. Like Forecastle is, uh, it's becoming more and more for younger people, and it's a, it's a good time. Like I'm sure right. that they really now have a different, you know, envision of Louisville and w what it's going to be like for them as they live here for like the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, I, you know, messed up and it definitely wasn't walking out. That was stupid. It was, uh, he walked out to buy you a drink. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that, of that was the intro and song. And I'm such an idiot. So yeah, anybody that listens to that. Yeah. Yeah. You are an idiot for getting that wrong. Right, that was you? terrible. No. <laughs> I need to walk out right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. I'm a big jersey wearer. I like to wear not not out in public, but I like to wear jerseys to games. Yeah, and we then, discussed this. Yeah, and and a event like Forecastle would probably call for me to pull out a jersey, and it's now becoming kind of like the trend. And you see, you see people who have no idea who they're wearing at a you know music festival because it's cool. Right. Where do you stand on jerseys in general? Where do you no? I wear them. No, hell no, you're weird for wearing a jersey. Where do you sit? It looks way cooler on Snoop Dogg than it. now on the Big Red Louie podcast, Ethan Moore of Louisville Sports Live. You hear him every Wednesday night on 93.9 The Ville from 6 to 8. Ethan, how are you, man? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. We've got uh, a lot going on here in Louisville after what's been a slow couple of weeks, diving headfirst into football with Media Day getting kicked off, and that's where I want to start. Last night, the depth chart kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone saw that being released. We now know that that was part of the media guy that is out in Charlotte uh, with with Louisville. You take a look at it. What is it that stands out most to you right away? I know that it doesn't mean much. A lot is going to change. A lot of these guys are in that just arrived aren't going to be where they are. They're going to be in different spots. But what stands out to you when you take a look at that? For me, I think that there's a lot of talent on the first team on both sides of the ball. Now, I think depth is going to be a major problem all season long. But, you know, you, you look at the depth chart, and again, you're correct. That the, you know, stuff's going to change over the last – over the next month or so. Uh, but I think that we're, we're fairly solid at the wide receiver spot. I think there's a lot of talent in the running back's uh, position as well. I do have a lot of confidence that Juwan Pass will be much improved um, over last year's mess. 
Uh, I think there's question marks, though, guys, on the offensive and defensive line. Of course, you hear about Makai Beckton and Cole Bentley a lot. The defensive line, Gigi Robinson will headline that group. Uh, again, he hasn't done anything that will kind of jump off uh, the page at you. Those two position groups, in my opinion, have the most question marks. I don't think you're going to see Sturgill or Kane Pass starting as well. Um, those guys, in my opinion, should be um, primetime players on special teams. I think, um, you know, I'm certainly glad that Sturgill has has recovered from being you know, a victim of a drive-by shooting a couple years ago. But I don't know about you guys. He reminded me a lot of Antonio Roundtree. And if that name rings the bell, the first thing you think about as a with Antonio Roundtree is his ability to get smoked in one-on-one coverage. And I saw that a lot from him. I saw Cam Pass out of position a lot. So, by and large, those two names kind of jumped out at me that I, I was surprised to see them. But, again, whether it be a motivational tactic or where things stand now, I get it. Um, but, overall, I do think we have a lot of talent throughout, other than those out, those two groups that I mentioned with the offensive and defensive line having a lot of question marks. But I still think – you know, given the fact that Coach Satterfield is here now, that uh, with additional coaching, uh, with actual coaching rather, that will happen uh, this season and his tenure, and the players now buying in to his philosophy and to his culture, we've heard that a thousand times, I think uh, that'll bode well for the cards going forward. Right, absolutely. And I, and I definitely agree with you um, on a lot of what you just said, especially on the, the offensive line. I think it's a, always a great thing when you see grad transfers coming in and then especially looking at the depth chart, they can just plug and play immediate impact, uh, especially at, at groups of need uh, like the offensive line since they were desperately looking for extra bodies in that category. Uh, I got a question for you real quick. So obviously Absolutely. since uh, ACC Media Day is about to uh, kick off here, what are some of the things you're, you're you're wanting to hear, or is there anything uh, you know? Is there anything you're expecting Satterfield to say besides just the usual coach talk? Like, what what, what do you want to hear from him that would kind of instill a little bit of more confidence, since he has been a little bit quiet recently? Well, I think, guys, honestly, what I want to hear from him is that um, everybody's injury free, uh, that there's no like off-the-field drama that we don't know about that he announces a suspension or something like that. I honestly don't think he's going to add a whole lot yet until fall camp gets underway. Um, I would like to maybe hear, you know, he can't, he probably won't be able to, you know, expand on that a lot um, in the the next day or two about forming more depth. That's what I would love in a perfect world. I would love for him to, to expand to discuss how this team has more depth. I think it's way too early, obviously, in the offseason to, to discuss that. But for me, no injuries and that everybody um, on the roster is still on the roster. There's, there hasn't been any transfers or anything like that. Um, and just full steam ahead and, uh, for the opening of fall camp. The win totals have been kind of circulating throughout social media and on the web the last few days, the last few weeks. And if, right now, if you look at them, Louisville averages about three and a half, three and a half. When you look at the roster, the schedule, everything that we know that happened last year with this with this team, where do you stand on whether they'll be able to go over that and and hit four or above, or are they going to be under? Maybe it's that three or two number again. Oh, Lord, I hope it's not two again. Now, if I have a sports book, if I'm at a sports book and you give me three and a half, I'll take the over, uh, but not by much. Uh, this, after last year's debacle, guys, I mean, I'm in a wait-and-see pattern. Like, I'm in a wait-and-see mode. Again, I think there's some talent on this team. The fact that Satterfield has got the players to buy in, that the players at all positions will have actual coaching, I think that will bode well for the cards. And – I think that's good for at least two more wins. So I'll take the over, but I'm just going to uh, I'm just going with four wins. The, the staff has done a lot since they've gotten here in terms of shifting the culture. We like you said, we hear that a lot, building a new culture, and uh, everyone is excited with what they've seen via social media in the very few amounts of time that we've heard the staff talk. Are you 100% sold that this new staff has the ability to come in here and translate the talk of, of building a culture and, and changing what's been done in the past to winning on the field, not only short-term but long-term in the ACC? 
I am. And I'll tell you, I was all aboard the Brom train, as, as most Louisville fans were. And I liked the Satterfield hire, although I wasn't super fired up about it. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, guys. He, he and his staff have really grown on me. There was, a, I think it was around Derby time that Coach Sat and his staff did a bunch of interviews with, with, with the ESPN Louisville and just hearing them talk. And then more importantly, seeing what the players were saying, seeing how they were working out, taking through the workouts. You can see that new culture developing at, at a rapid pace. And then given his what he's done at App State, yes, it's the Sun Belt. Yes, they're not they're having a much tougher schedule in the ACC than they did at App State. But he has a very solid resume. You're talking about a coach that's won ten games at least three times. His other two years, uh, he's won nine games. So I really do think that he's going to get this thing turned around. Now, you said short term as well. If short term is a year, you know, again, I don't see the Cards making a ball game in their first year, and you're going to have a lot of fans, you know, as we all do, as all fan bases have, you know, questioning the coaching staff and and wanting those immediate results. But I certainly think this is going – this is a rebuild in all facets. Uh, uh, Petrino absolutely torpedoed this program. It's going to take some time to, to rebuild it. But for me, guys, four wins next year, I, I definitely think in year two it is reasonable to expect six wins to get bowl eligible, and then we can, you know, ascend from there. But back to, to answer your question, I absolutely think Coach Chatterfield and staff uh, will get the job done. Um, it's going to be a good fit. Uh, I do – I would implore uh, for your listeners and Louisville fans to have some patience. And admittedly, that's something I don't have a lot of as a Louisville fan, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put myself to the test this year and have some patience. Yeah, you definitely just nailed that. Cause I was actually, that was going to be my comment uh, to follow up. Your answer is, it's just the fact that I don't think enough fans really realize um, not just how abysmal last season, the, the numbers were, but how he, he set us up for the future or <laughs> lack thereof. You know, I mean, he really set us up, uh, for failure going forward, not just from the roster management, but just from, you know, his culture perspective or, or once again, lack thereof, because you, you, the more that's just coming out about how the atmosphere was uh, around that program, I mean, yeah, not only are, were they dejected on the field, but, you know, you're also talking about mentally, they got to get these guys back up and running as well. So I definitely agree with that. In in your opinion, um, what, what side of the ball do you feel most confident heading into 2019 with that said without a doubt the offense um you know uh, Louisville's defense last year obviously I mean you could run a Mack truck through the through the defensive line and score at will you know the stat Louisville gave up what over 50 points the last six games of the year um so I mean they were abysmal but again like I mentioned earlier the receiving core that we have in place as a lot of talented guys. I mean, Tutu Atwell is is on pace for a breakout year, in my opinion. Des Fitzpatrick is as sure-handed as they come. Seth Dawkins, if he can stay healthy, um, should have another good season. The running backs, I love Hassan Hall, Javion Hawkins. I think those guys are going to have successful years. I think the offensive line is going to be much improved. Because remember, with Coach Ledford, I mean, he is among – uh, the elite offensive line coaches in the nation, and I think that we're going to see um, early dividends on that side of the ball as well to get his group um, accustomed to how they're doing things. They're going to try to mold their scheme to the talent that they have. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm looking at the Louisville to score uh, a lot more points than they did last year. Now the bar was pretty low because I think we only averaged something like 18 or 19 points. I mean, pathetic, but um, given the talent on the t- on the roster and the scheme and the coaching staff, I I would go with the offense. And again, guys, I certainly think it's important to you can't mention this enough. The fact that this team has bought into the coaching staff is huge. They were checked out after the Florida State game. That is going to that is going to change, in my opinion. And with that, will come more wins. And we're gonna have to outscore some folks too because the offense the defense going to take their lumps. I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year, but the offense is going to have to carry this team if they want to win a couple games in the conference. 
Ethan, man, we'll get you out of here on this last question. We asked this to Keith Wynn a few weeks ago from Card Chronicle, and I want to ask you the same question. Who's a guy that no one in the fan base is talking about right now on the roster? You hear everyone hearing everyone kind of talk about the same names. Hassan Hall, Des Fitzpatrick, Tutu Atwell. Who's a name that you kind of see as under the radar that's not being talked about enough? Uh, Amante Cabin. Uh, that's a kid that uh, was pretty heralded coming out of high school. Uh, hasn't played a whole lot. That hasn't done a whole lot on his side of the ball. But I think that he has all the tools to have a really to have a breakout season. Uh, and again, that's kind of like we mentioned with the offensive guys as well. But Cabin for me um, is is a guy that I'm really looking to to have a big season and to make some big plays because that defensive line has to have playmakers step up. Uh, he, you know, hasn't gotten mentioned a lot now. It's because he hasn't done a whole lot, if we're being honest, as of yet. But, again, I think with the coaching, he certainly has the tools to do so. And I think he can wreak havoc on some, some offensive lines throughout the season in the ACC. Ethan, man, thank you so much again for your time, guys. You can find Ethan and his team on Louisville Sports Live Wednesday night on 93.9 The Ville from 6 to 8. Man, we hope to talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Uh, awesome, guys. You do fantastic work, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. We're going to keep things rolling along here on the Big Red Louie podcast. We bring in our next guest. You guys know him on Twitter as Coach Fitz. Uh, Greg Fitzpatrick, the father of Des Fitzpatrick, star wide receiver for Louisville. Coach, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you Appreciate taking it. some time to, to spend with us tonight. I, I know you, you guys got a lot going on with Christian getting ready to jump back into football season and with Des now full go in summer camp headed into fall camp. Let's start with with Des. I, I think that that's a guy that most fans here want to want to hear a little bit about, specifically last season. Um, last year, after after a big freshman year playing with Lamar, Des looked to be the guy, you know, at, at the number one receiver coming into the season alongside of Jalen Smith. We saw how the season played out. As a father, how frustrating it was that for you, knowing how much Des had put into the summer and and really looking like the team was going to take a, a jump in the ACC. And what kind of advice did you did you have for him on weeks when when the team was just getting crushed by fifty plus points? Well, one thing. Well, everybody knows last year was pretty disappointing to say the least, right? Right. And uh, there's a ton of things that attributed to it, and some of the things that went on behind the scenes that I won't I won't necessarily speak to, but there, there were a ton of things that that was associated with the culture of the team that uh, kind of threw a wrench in their season. And uh, and with Des, because you know I'm, I'm not sure if people even realize Des has never been a starter at Louisville. And uh, you know last year he wasn't a starter. You know he played behind another guy. And you know I just told him to just be patient, no matter what the score is. I don't care if it's a hundred to nothing. You keep playing hard. I don't care if balls are coming across the middle. You know you go try to make plays. You know no matter what. You know you're a football player, so continue to block. Continue to try to stay positive because at the end. of the day, no matter what happens with that coaching staff, you know, one day this is going to be your alma mater, you know, and, you know, you're going to forever be associated with Louisville because it's the university that you chose. So you don't want to leave a bad taste, you know, you know, when it comes to your legacy at that school and you've never been a bad teammate. So don't start being a bad teammate now. So those were the things that I would preach to him, no matter how disappointed he got. And, uh, you know, because no one hates to lose it. I mean, no one likes to lose, right? Right. So, uh, you know, losing was pretty difficult. But he went through that in high school one year, his sophomore year. They had a really good team, and they were freaking 2-7. and seven. And, uh, you know, so he's heard this message before. You know, you just don't stop playing and keeping a positive attitude just because, you know, you guys aren't winning because that makes you a front runner, right? So, you know, that's one of the main things that I preached to Daz last year. When I think a lot of people actually saw that instilled in him, and then that's the awesome part that I saw. Even even as bad as it got last season, there's still clips of him, you know, smiling on the sidelines, trying to trying to liven up some teammates. Like he, you could just tell he's the kind of guy, uh, like you just said, that that really doesn't have any quit in him, and always has that positive attitude. And I, I really think that that does uh, show on the sidelines. Yeah, and and you know what, and. And, and no, no player is perfect, right? And you know, everyone handles adversity, you know, differently. You know, everyone doesn't have someone in their ear constantly. You know, all parents don't react the same. You know, there's some parents who probably want to burn the program down. I'm not saying that every once in a while I didn't think, holy smokes, why 
did this happen? You know, why did he ever come here? But at the end of the day, I told him he had to stick it out, you know, for no other reason but, you know, this is the school that you chose. It's not that bad when you look at it. Things can turn around. I've seen things turn around in one season. And, you know, if it was something fundamentally wrong with, you know, the way he was either being coached or he just didn't like, you know, the team or just didn't like his coaches or something like that, that that's a different story. But, you know, the things that happened last year were definitely an anomaly, right? So I, I don't think that was enough for him to transfer and leave or to start, you know, having a bad attitude because you can't be a selfish player. You know, football is the ultimate team sport. I don't care what sport you look at. Football is the ultimate team sport. And if you can't play for the love of this game, you'll never be successful and reach the goals that you want to reach. Whatever those personal goals are, if you think you want to play on Sunday one day, well, at the end of the day, you can't be a quitter, right? That That's not the path to the NFL. You know, that's not the path, you know, in any profession that, you know, includes competition, right? So, you know, I'm I'm just proud of him for no other reason other than he didn't quit. Right. Let me ask you this. You speak of the NFL. Playing one year with, with Lamar, Lamar Jackson, what did what was Dez's biggest takeaway in, in terms of how Lamar prepared himself, how Lamar handled himself on the field? Um, with you know, There was a little bit of turmoil on that team in 2017 with, with some of the way things went down the stretch. But what did Dez learn from Lamar specifically? Um, probably his attitude, you know, Lamar, you know, I heard that Lamar was, you know, just a kid who showed up to practice, you know, every day having fun. You know, I remember Dad telling me a story about Lamar doing a backflip in the end zone one day and Coach Petrino kicking him out of practice because he did a backflip in the end zone because he scored a touchdown. You know, that's the kind of kid that Lamar was, you know, always enthusiastic, you know, always made plays in practice. And uh, that's probably the biggest takeaway you know, from Lamar's game that, uh, you know, that Dez took, you know, just a positive attitude and having fun out there, you know, whether it was practice or game day. Heading into this season, there's no question when it comes to the wide receiver group and even the offense as a whole, Dez is the guy. Dez is the go-to guy, and he's going to be a big part of turning things around. What have you guys been working on this offseason with him, and what is it that he thinks heading into this year playing for Coach Satterfield uh, being t- uh, coached up by uh, Coach Gunner Brewer, what are the things that he is working on to add to his game and take that next step in becoming an NFL quality wide receiver? Well, well, one one thing we never really talk about in detail is playing on the next level, right? Because you got to get past this level first. You have to, you know, prove to be an All Conference player. You have to prove to be, you know, a consistent player, a dependable player, a tough player, and all that good stuff. So, you know, what we've been working on more than anything is just consistency with the little things like he's learned some you know some some new things from you know coach brew and uh, i remember Dez told me first few weeks of practice i said Dez, i know you got to be learning some new things you know from coach brew he said yeah i learned a couple things he said but you know a lot of things i know but he is teaching me some new things i said well Dez, even if there's things that you already know this time around you've got a coach who's going to instill those things on a day-to-day basis you're going to learn new things but even the things that you know that you may not be consistently doing in practice, you know, because that voice isn't there, you know, now you're going to hear it every day. Coach Brew is going to make sure that you are focusing on your fundamentals, just the little things that get you open, whether it's hand placement, whether it's coming out of your break a certain way, you know, whether it's showing your eyes on a double move, whether it's, you know, dropping your hips and keeping your arms, just all those little things that you may have worked before, but you may not be practicing them every day because, A, you know, at Coach Petrino's offense, you know, I think a lot of the receivers were, you know, made to play a certain way, you know, because, you know, the offense was so schematic. There were always three, four, five receivers on the field at a certain time. So there was no, you know, creativity allowed in their route running and things like that. And, you know, Dan's got away from being, you know, as savvy as a, as savvy of a route runner as he's always been. So we've been, working a lot on his route running to get him back to where he was, you know, before he arrived at Louisville as an elite route runner. You know, still a real good route runner, but there are some little things that I would watch on film. I go, Dad, why didn't you give him this or that? He goes, oh, God, God, Coach Petrino will go bananas if I did anything extra because it was so predicated on intricate timing because there's five guys out there, right? You know, this guy 
guy's cutting this way. This guy's running here. This guy's clearing out here. This guy's here. So, you know, a lot of his game hadn't been exposed yet. So I think that in this new offense, because it's going to be, you know, more run heavy, more play action and things like that, he'll get a chance to, you know, showcase his talent, running after the catch, you know, making tough catches, catching balls down the sideline, catching deep balls, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, I think I think the offense is going to be great. I really do. I think that line's going to play a lot better. You know, I think they've got a chip on their shoulder. And the running backs are phenomenal. Right. That's what's going to shock everybody. Those guys can play. I think you just saying on air that, uh, that you know, we haven't seen the best version of Dez yet should, I mean, oh, obviously, obviously excite the fan base. Uh, is he okay with uh, being called a freak now? Have you asked him Have you asked him that? Oh, Dez <laughs> <laughs> there, loves Coach Brew. He, I mean, he tells me some pretty funny things. Coach, Coach Brew is pretty funny. Oh, man, he, he's my favorite so far Bro. online. By far. The- Coach Brewer is hilarious. I'll I, I, I tell you a real funny story. It made me spit my pop out. Uh, <laughs> there's this technique called blading, right? B-L-A-D-I-N-G, blading. Okay. And, and, and it's when you're running behind a defender, a defender's trying to get his hand on you, and you make yourself skinny, right? You turn your shoulder. Instead of dipping down, you kind of turn your shoulder to make yourself skinny to get by the guy but not lose your momentum, right? And we're walking, uh, I forgot where we were, but we're walking, and Dad's just bust out laughing. I go, what's so funny? He goes, he said, one day Coach Brew told us, he said, I don't give a damn if you're in the damn airport. If somebody's about to run into you, blade his ass. <laughs> I, thought that was the, I thought that was the funniest thing on earth. So so, so Coach Brew is a fanatic, you know, when it comes to the technical technical side of playing that position that guy's been around a long time and i've texted him a few times asked for some you know for some tips and uh, i think this is gonna learn a lot and uh be able to like really showcase his talent and help his team because i think that he's gonna be held to a really high standard technically you know when it comes to playing for coach bro let me let me ask you this: When you when you look at an offense from Coach Satterfield that predicates itself on establishing the run, not necessarily turning away from the passing game, but using it in a new way from what the previous staff did, is there any concern in your mind that maybe the wide receivers won't have as large of a role or won't be the focal point of an offense when you're looking at a team that runs the ball 67 percent of the time or whatever the statistic is? Uh, not, not at all. And uh, at the end of the day, none of us really know what Coach Satin's offense is going to look like. He, he said in a few interviews that, you know, we, have, we, we haven't even really put in much of the offense yet. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's probably, you know, a strategic move on his behalf. I don't have a clue, but, you know, just from, you know, just from listening and watching very close, and just kind of knowing what's going on there, I don't think that those guys really know. I think they have the base offense but I don't think they know what it's really going to look like. And, you know, based on his past success, you know, I think that he's the type of coach that will use his weapons and not necessarily always think play, but sometimes think player, right? You know, I've, I've seen situations where some coaches will call a, a great play, and I'll say to myself, why do you call that play for that guy? That guy can't even run that route and even catch over that shoulder. So why are they calling that play on third and and that guy can't really run that round and get open. He's thinking play. He's not thinking player. And I think that, you know, Coach that is a guy who thinks both, right? right. Both play and sometimes player. Like, my guy's better than yours. You know what? We're going to run a fade right here. You know, how many times did you see fades ran last year? You know, inside the 30, and we run a go route or run a fade. Very rarely saw it. Well, and, you know, and, and I know, yeah, that our guys could beat guys right. and do on you're... a simple play like that. And to your point, um, I mean, even if you just look at Satterfield's record um, at App State, you can tell the turning point of that team because they were still losing games, and then all of a sudden you just start looking at the record, and they just turned it around. I mean, that it, it's it's crazy. You can just see on paper oh, when they when they finally clicked. And I, I totally agree with what you're saying about you know you know fit the players right now with the scheme. But yeah, I definitely agree with you that you know there's probably a lot of a lot of the offense that that he hasn't divulged yet. Right. And, and think about this also. At, at the end of the day, you know, when you look at his offense, it's a high passing efficient offense. 
like their passing efficiency is high. You know, like after their spring scrimmage, I remember asking them, I said, so, you know, so Dez, how'd you do, man? How, how'd it go? You catch some balls? He goes, oh, I did all right. I said, well, you know, I mean, I know it's cold outside. You guys probably didn't throw a lot. I mean, you know, how'd you do? Now, mind you, someone had already kind of texted me and told me, you know, what was going on. Well, he said, oh, I got about five or six balls. I said, you think you played a half of football? He goes, no, not really. I said, so you got five or six balls? How many balls you catch? Five, 240 plus yards and a touchdown. And I think Puma missed him on a post that would have been probably a 70 yard touchdown. I said, so let me get this right. You're worried about footballs when at the end of the day, you had five catches for close to 100 yards and less than half a football on a 29 degree day. I said, come on, man. I said, you're going to get enough footballs. Trust me. I said, you don't have to get 15 targets have numbers and play well to help your team. I said, you don't have to get 15 targets. If right. you get targets at the most opportune times, when it's one-on-one coverage, or the coverage is right, and if you beat your guy and there's no breakdown in, uh, in blocking, I say, yeah, you guys, you guys are going to do well in the passing attack. Yeah, you're going to do very well in the passing attack, so I don't worry about that. When you look at the the wide receivers that Dez is playing next to, and guys like Seth Dawkins, who's a bigger guy, and then Tutu Atwell, a smaller guy, and then some of the the reserve players, Justin Marshall, Devontae Pete. I mean, everybody does a little bit of everything. Nobody is the same player as the guy next to him. How do you feel that complements Dez's strengths in terms of being able for him to do what he does, uh, and and know that there's other guys alongside of him, and the defense can't specifically put all of their attention on him. Oh, I, th- I think it's, I think they've got a, a very strong receiver core. All those guys can play. Yep, each and every one of those guys can play. Seth is a great player. And like you said, all of them are a little different. But I think the key is being able to adjust your system to fit the strength of all those guys. And I just have confidence that Coach Satton is going to be, you know, the coach, the offensive mind that's going to get that done. Yeah. I mean, we you 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 can't. First of all, we're gonna be able to run the ball, so they're not gonna be double teaming guys, right? I remember last uh, year before last when Dez started in place of Jalen Smith when he got hurt. Dez starting the NC State game, he had over 100 yards in the first half, and then the second half they came out and started doubling him. They start they cheated his safety over top of him, and he only had one more catch in the second half. But we couldn't run the ball, right? So you know, I don't think that coach set will let something like that happen where you start, you know, a guy, you know, guys making plays in, in, in one half of football and all of a sudden he's taken out of the game because, well, let's, you know what, let's take him out the game and see if they can throw the ball to anyone else. So let's see if they can run the ball. We're not worried about him running the ball. And, and those are the type of things that I don't think are going to happen. You've been around the staff, I would imagine, at least a little bit. I, I can't imagine that a parent of a player hasn't at least gotten to know some of these guys, especially the position coach. What has been what has been the biggest takeaway for you, uh, not only as a dad of a current wide receiver, but the dad of a potential recruiting target for the Louisville and Christian Fitzpatrick, four-star receiver? What what has been the biggest takeaway for you? Because you're seeing things completely different than probably any parent on the team. Uh, they just they just seem to genuinely care about the players. They seem to genuinely care about the players and their well-being and how, how, how they're adjusting to the, you know, to the coaching, to the coaching change. Uh, you know, I mean, that, and, and, you know, I've said it before, I've gone on record and saying it before, you know, at the very beginning, you know, I've had to talk Dez off of a cliff when the coaching change happened, you know, and, uh, you know, and they, I can just tell they care about the players more, more than anything, they care about the guys. No, and, I, and I think that's huge. Just as a parent, I think that's huge. And I think, you know, as a player, to play for a guy that you think, you know, really gives a damn about you, that's huge. Right, because, I mean, essentially that is your family away from, from home. You know, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Um, and, and just touching on Christian again, um, recruiting-wise with, with offers, I mean, he's he's really lighting it up. He's, he's starting to really uh, bring in a lot of Power 5 schools now. How are things going with him, and, and how are you feeling about, you know, where things currently stand? Uh, with, with Christian, you know, Christian just wants to play somewhere where he knows that they want him there. 
you know, it's not an afterthought. He's not the second or third guy that they thought about that, you know, the school really wants him there, really has a plan for him, and he can envision himself, like, going there and being successful. You know, Chris, Chris was a late bloomer. None of us, you know, really knew that. <laughs> None of us in the family really knew Chris was going to be, you know, was going to develop the way he did, and uh, he kind of shocked a lot of us. So for him, you know, he doesn't ever want to go – back to you know like it's almost like a cinderella story right like he doesn't ever want to go backwards he's like right. ah look i've come this far i don't want to go somewhere where eh, they really don't seem like they really really want me want me they're just taking me you know and uh so so his recruitment is going well but he's he's kind of taking his time because he's looking forward to having a big senior season and just really getting better he had an opportunity to work out with Dez for a couple of weeks when Dez came home and you know he just kind of sees where he needs to be yeah we might have creeped you know, on as a, as a player we might have creeped on one of those videos it uh, looked when like, you guys were posting them it, it looked like Dez might have gotten schooled a couple of times by Christian I don't know maybe the film was deceiving but it sure looked like Christian got the best of him no I, no no I, no, actually he did. <laughs> and actually, Chris let him up a couple times, and uh, I can't say that Chris would have been able to do that last year, but Chris let him up a couple times. That's like, whoa. How does Des handle yeah, that? Daddy, he really didn't. How does the ego handle getting schooled by your little brother? Uh, Des loves it. He, he he does. He he loves it because he he knows how hard Chris works, right? And uh, and when Chris beats him a time or two. You know, he 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 takes it all in, and you know I know those two pretty well. I, I don't see him really getting too too pissed off about it. But uh, Christian beat him on a double move, or, uh, what was it, a post corner post, and uh, I heard Dad try to make an excuse or two. Then he stopped and said, "Okay, yeah, he did get me." <laughs> Coach, <laughs> we'll get that was funny. We got one more question for you, and this is a tough one, but I I wouldn't be a Louisville fan without asking in terms of. Christian's recruitment, where does Louisville stand with the Penn States and West Virginias of, of the Power Five offers that he has? How does How is Louisville kind of stacking up right now? Oh, they're definitely up there. Louisville, yeah, Louisville is definitely up there. And, and one thing Christian's doing is, you know, he's not, he's not going to, you know, really commit to a school until probably the third, fourth, or fifth game of the season, right? You know, he wants to see what the new offense looks like and, you know, wants to just to see the new culture, but he spent he spent a little you know quite a bit of time around the you know around the new team and around the coaches and you know he likes what he sees so far you know but then there's a part of him that's you know says to himself like wow you know do I want to go play there and you know play the same place where my brother played that would be kind of cool but I don't know I think that would be sweet at the end of the day will I be there with Daz I don't know maybe Daz will be gone you know so he's going through all that right now and. He, you know, we don't really even talk about it a lot right now because I want him to just really focus on his workouts and just kind of work through things on his own, you know, in his own little mind, and then come to me with questions down the stretch. You know, he, he knows the things that he should be thinking about and taking into consideration. So I just try to just step back and just get him ready for a season. Right, and I, de I definitely agree. Um, the smart route to go, like what you just said, is, is taking a step back and really looking for – not only the right fit, but the staff that's going to treat you like a person and not just the rating behind the name. Uh, so I definitely think, you know, oh, obviously, obviously that's the best route to go for sure. Absolutely. I'm excited about this season. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's no hyperbole, man. I'm like really, really excited about this season. I'm excited about game one. I was going to say, are you guys going to come up for the Notre Dame game? Because that's going to be most likely sold out game. What? Are you kidding? I'm gonna be there a whole weekend. He's never gonna oh, come man. back on the show now. You just, yeah. you just offended Papa Fitz, and we're never gonna get him back. Kind of we, we just got to make sure you get Christian up here with you, because that that's gonna be the environment yeah, no, that he's Chris missed out there. on. Yeah, no, no, Chris, Chris, Chris will be there. The whole family will be there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're we're looking, yeah, we're looking forward to that place rocking, man, being sixty thousand strong, and uh, and our team coming out there and like really, really shocking a lot of people because yeah. remember this look coach Satterfield didn't play Penn State down to the last play or so by accident that didn't happen by accident right it surely didn't and he's got a, he's got a team full of athletes you got it right coach we, we can't wait for football now, season so 
We appreciate yeah. you coming on. I, I do have one last question for you. I, I think that if I could go back to the NCAA, I might have a year of eligibility. I'm only 5'10". I'm about 25 pounds overweight. Do you think you could coach me up to at least catch one pass in a college football game? Listen, man, in the red zone? In the red zone, you're good. All right. I can get you open in the red zone. 20 and in for one series. Oh, you think you can score points? I'm not running past anybody at all. I'm I'm as slow as a refrigerator, but I have hands, and I'm not afraid to get hit by somebody. We were just talking about first down. I got a couple moves for you, man. (laughs) Coach, I appreciate it. You guys can follow Coach Fitzpatrick on Twitter at CoachFitz007. We can't wait to see what uh, what Des has got in store for us this year, and uh, best of luck to you and Christian up there in Michigan. We can't wait to hear how things go with his recruitment. Maybe things like that. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank go you. Cards. They go Cards. Yes, we talked about that interview with Coach Fitzpatrick, and, and you get to hear kind of the insight into what is going on with the the, the new team and the new and the players trying to adjust to the, to the coaching staff. Like it gives you so much excitement when a guy is like that is like they are going to shock the world. Like they're going to be a completely different team than what you've seen. And for me, like that was so freaking cool, dude. Like just to hear him, the excitement in his voice over and over again. Yeah, I'm about to run through a wall. Uh, How could you not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think okay. So love the stories. First off, those were both awesome. Uh, but I think for me, the most exciting thing um, I picked up was. He understands his son better than anybody in terms of Des. And the fact that he doesn't think he's in anywhere close to uh, his full potential is really exciting to hear. And the, and the way he backed it up uh, with even even the difference with how Petrino wanted his receivers to run and then what, he's, and then what he's going to be able to do now. So I didn't even understand until – he just talked about it in terms of like the creativity and the and the things he really wasn't allowed to do, the intangibles that, uh, you know, Petrino kind of harped him on. He's and gonna, it's such picky things, so picky. Yeah, so it's almost like yeah, he's he's going to be unleashed a little bit. And his dad sounded pumped for him. Yeah. Like, and not even pumped, but like confident. Like he kind of made it as like a statement. Like yeah, so exactly. And his talking about one of the things that I think a lot of people can kind of worry about when they talk about a wide receiver going into coach Satterfield's offense is, well, his production might be down or he might not get as many looks as he would playing for another coach. And Greg was really, really open about how like, man, you have to take advantage of what you've got. Like, right. Like that's, that's your thing. And in this offense, the way that coach Satterfield works is yeah, you might be getting seven balls, but like you're going to have the opportunity to make some really big plays, and he is going to get you the football when you have an opportunity. And so what if it's nine receptions or if it's seven or six and you've impacted the game more? Yeah, I I think that was uh, – just all of that was interesting to hear from, from his perspective. Like he gave me a lot of things to think about that I never really considered either, but it was, it was cool to hear the dynamic of – you know, I think you mentioned it in the interview um, – you know he's the most unique parent we have connected to the staff. I mean right. you got a you got a kid that's the star all, player. Yeah, an all-star already on the team as well as a high-level recruit that that same school's trying to go after um as much as a ton of other Power 5 schools. Um so yeah, it, you're not going to find that angle, you know, like anywhere else yeah. for, for that perspective. So and it's also since Des is now a fan favorite Obviously, uh, it's just really cool to hear from a father's perspective some of that stuff and, and how he really has to has to talk to him, um, especially through last year. I mean, that, I'm sure he played a huge role uh, in in him staying positive because I mean, yeah. that, that really could have been tough uh, when when you're in there. Yeah, I think that it's going to be really cool to, to watch how with Dez, his route running becomes a really important part of what they do because if you have an offensive line that struggles or you have a run game that you know, I don't, we have no idea if it's going to be the most dynamic in the country, if it's going to be middle of the pack, if it's going to be just slightly improved. But if when you have a, a quarterback who needs to get the ball out quickly, an offensive line that may struggle to, to give him some time, to have somebody like Des who can run a three-yard route or a five-yard route and be open because of how precise he is with his route running, like that's so cool to hear the inner workings of what they're working on at home and yeah. what they're what they're taking advantage of, things that we don't have any clue in the world, like blading, like that's a big deal okay sure like right. I'm, nah, I'm gonna try to blade everybody as i'm walking around outside but like that was just so cool to kind of hear what they're going through right no and, and it's awesome to hear um how well you know he's fitting in uh with the coaching style of gunter i think that's crazy because obviously like we're a huge 
Brewer fans. How could you not be? I mean, yeah. The guy is on. electric, man. The, yeah, everything so, about him is electric. Right. I, I'm already I'm already loving it, but I'm I'm glad the the players are really taking a hold of him too because I mean, he, you know, as his dad already said, yeah, he's teaching me stuff I already know. Right. But he's also taught some really, really, really good receivers yeah. that are in the NFL. Right. So And and Greg talked about Des being every day. Like just getting better at something every single day, which I know that sounds so cliche, but when you're when you're not only a great route runner, great you're great with your hands up in the air, like you can make plays on the ball, but you're working on the slightest little thing that's just gonna make you better and better, which we obviously know Gunner can identify. Seeing right. as who he's worked with and what he's gotten into the professional leagues and what he's done to professional leagues. Like Dez is getting NFL coaching in an offense where they're going to get him the football and they're going to make sure that he can make plays. And that is, I mean, that brings a whole dynamic that was missing last year. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, the big concern that we we've talked about previously was, uh, was the, the percentage of, of run versus pass essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Which we brought that up. Right. Yeah. I mean that, and that, for a receiver, that that's kind of a concern, especially a recruit. You know, I want to make sure I go to an offense where I'm going to get the ball plenty of times. Um, but the fact is, Dad, you know, was really into Satterfield's offense in terms of the way he utilizes the pass. I think that was a big thing because, yeah, they might not pass as frequently as our last offense, uh, but the passes they do make are going to count. You know, I, I think yeah. that was huge, and his dad understands that. And obviously, that's why he's got confidence uh, in what Satterfield can do. Yeah, and it's hard like to think about this, but like you almost thank Bobby for how he recruited the wide wide receiver position because he's set you up now, right, to succeed because that group is like I mean that's a top. I don't care what the rankings say. David Hale put out those rankings of all the position groups. <laughs> the wide I mean, receivers are yeah, like, yeah, no, what I mean, are you going to do? What do you but, expect? But right. like, come on, man! Like they, you've got three guys who, with a quarterback that can get in the football, are going to be electric and dynamic on the field and uh it's crazy how that impacts des i mean i mean maybe it's not i don't know i'm not a huge football guy but like i know that des being able to have some room to operate because there's playmakers who can equally make plays on the other side of the field changes right. a lot of things for your offense no absolutely and and i do think um you know like when you're going back to the roster because i totally butchered that segment so presley can cut that if he wants what for the for what about the roster the dev chart oh yeah what oh no I just meant uh would you would you butcher on to, that no I I forgot to tell you it surprised me I was thinking uh Tutu was gonna be a first stringer by now but uh, but it doesn't really matter because I really think they're all gonna get plenty of time because like you said that is an awesome wide receiver core but um so yeah. that's why we got to cut it out because you butchered Tutu at well oh no it, just kept saying linebackers. <laughs> I just said it like 50 times. It was it was terrible. No, I thought it was good. Everybody needs to know about the oh, linebackers. I was, I, I was right there with you. Just if it's a good group, tell everybody. Like I mean, don't be afraid to. It's all right. <laughs> we I don't think we need to cut it. I think it was good. We'll cut it. We're not cutting it. No, we shouldn't cut it. We sh we might need to cut. It. I don't know. We might need to cut. It. So I asked this this question today on the big red big red Louie. I stumble over that every time still, and I've been been writing for this website for two years the big red louie account today on twitter what do you think is or what which side of the ball gives you the most confidence heading into the season is it the offense or is it the defense yeah that was interesting because i didn't even know you put out a poll um since i was at work so what you don't you don't get on twitter at work uh no i d yes i do <laughs> yeah. uh no i just I, I guess i just missed it but um yeah it, it is a what were what were the results? All right, first? I was gonna say, why don't you let me yeah. tell you what the results you, you are? You tell me the results, and I'll tell you if. So after three hundred and sixteen votes, sixty-one percent of the people say the offense is the side of the ball that gives them the most confidence, and thirty-nine percent of the defense gives them the confidence to be the best side of the the field for Louisville. I was I was a little shocked by that. Really was. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I, I, it makes more sense why people would vote the offense than it would the defense, but. Yeah. Like no, I, I didn't ex I didn't expect that discrepancy right there. I think I went on some sort of high horse before we started because I was telling you like like the defense has nowhere to go but up essentially. You yeah, um, you gave us coach speak. But then that <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I like that was ridiculous. We need Motivational, to hit and tackle. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh No, uh but really I think 
I was thinking in terms of like most improvement, but you put out the poll that said, what, what's the actual description? It's, it's most, just, which side of the football are you most just, confident in? It's offense, defense. Well, would, special teams. I should have put special teams in here because I honestly think they're going to be bad. Yeah. In no, a good way. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, like they're, the guys that are returning the ball and like, I'm excited. That, that and then your, real, your yep. punter, your kicker and your long snapper are probably the best duo you've ever had at, yeah. at one time. I mean, it's, it, <laughs> that sounds, I'm not knocking special teams, but that's crazy to think that that's the best side of your, your football team. But when I put this poll up today, I was, it was after I kind of looked at the depth chart a little bit last night, kind of looked at it again this morning and thinking about, you know, what the team looked like last year. And when I look at this team, like it's, it's so much different, but it's the same group of dudes. Like that's, what's kind of exciting is you bring, you have a lot of continuity on defense, but you get a new system that's simplified and simply teaches them run to the football. Like you are to, to be a missile towards the football and that's what they were so like that's what they were so bad at last year which I get why there would be some concern there but the teaching and the philosophy is there with a lot of talent like CJ Avery, Dorian Etheridge, CJ Hicks, I mean or uh, Robert Hicks, CJ Hole, Gigi Robinson like you can go on and on, Kane Pass, Trace Smith. there's a lot of guys on that defense. Yeah. And I expected with considerations of how unsure the quarterback position is to some people and the offensive line, maybe the defense might be closer in people's minds as being, you know, the better side of the football than what it was. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, we've, we've talked about this numerous times. Uh, but yeah, I think the defense is going to be tremendously improved. Um, not only from them really finally getting to utilize the, the pieces that were already there, but I think uh, Brown's simplified defense is really going to help. Cause I mean, when you, when your defense thrives off, off turnovers, off interceptions, off scoring. Uh, I think that's really exciting. That's a really exciting defense. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to fly to the ball. Right. And With yeah, guys like who said, are made like, for like, that. Like, yeah, they might get burned, but they're also going to make some really, really good plays. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're going to be way more aggressive this year because it is kind of simplified defense. Because apparently Van Gorder is like, what, like, who the hell knows what, I, I think that, that guy just got up and wrote things in a notebook and came to work and was like, what did I put here? I, for, it was I like completely the, forgot what I was thinking at that time. It was like the culmination of everything that he got fired from in every other position. He just stuck yeah. it together in a giant defensive. Right. And I was like, maybe this maybe this is not – I can go back maybe in we'll time take and this will work these now. failing combos. Yeah, so apparently it was just really, really hard to keep up with, and this is not. They know it's just based on effort right. alone and just chaos. Yeah. So but, it's, it's, it's going to be cool. They get to fly to the ball, you know. It yeah, but the effort part is the the thing is like if you're a group that's you know muscle your muscle memory is more of like lighten up and don't go to the ball and you know ten yards off a receiver at the line of scrimmage like that's what they have so I can see some tendency to go back to that. Well, that's why they're you know you keep seeing you, know, you probably read an article or two on probably. on on everything's competitive now every single yeah. thing's competitive they're doing and there's. There's a mentality behind that because they know that's an area they probably have to strengthen pretty quickly. It's not just the physicalness, but also the mental toughness that comes with it. Because yeah, they they just straight up quit some games, most games, a lot whatever. of games. And the year before that, they didn't necessarily quit, but they weren't coached up to what they needed to be coached no, up. No, exactly. To. Like I, that's that's what two years ago was. Because when you look at Grantham, that defense, like I think it was Gigi Robinson last week that shared a video of a Todd Grantham defensive play. And I think it was Louisville, but I could be off there. And a lot of the, the current players and older players were like retweeting that, like, man, he's the greatest, like, you know, really showing love for how good Grantham was. And when he was here, their defenses did just that. They created havoc and it yep. failed a lot of the times, but when it came up big, it came up big. And that's what I see with this new defense is it's the same way you risk, you know, you got to have really good cover guys so that you can risk making some bold blitzes and doing different things inside. Yeah, I mean that's the thing because you're gonna you're gonna miss some stuff. It's gonna happen, but at the same time, you could get three picks against a Heisman winner in one half of football with an with a defense like that. Right. So I mean that that's the awesome part is that you're you're gonna have consistent highlights coming from that team. And Brown is a defensive guy that loves to score. Yeah, so I, I just, they I just make. That, I mean, dude, their their turnover statistics were wild. Like the yeah. interceptions. Louisville had like four interceptions last year. I think is the number on it. They had that in like the first two games. Like well, that's, that's why like that's people what they do. people should start just watching Appalachian State 
like games. Yeah. From I mean, like you, I don't I know mean, if you, you can have take a, a firm. You understanding need to of if you haven't already. But it is like even the Penn State game was phenomenal to watch. I mean, just no, that's the best game to watch. That's yeah. I mean, I mean like, there's the, a lot of games that aren't even manageable to to watch because the, the you know who they're playing against is just right. so bad. Yeah. But that game alone just just showed a lot of 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 how they operate, not only just schematically, but just like like mentality wise. Yeah. You know, like he just wants to turn them into something else, and it's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, they, I mean, that's a hard change mentally to go from stand up and and watch what the quarterback does, and then get ran over uh, by a running back instead of you know bursting in the backfield. And right. Just, it's going to be good to have some like dudes getting sacks again. It's been I mean, two years thing, for man. that. Like our linebacker, when you're talking about the the talent the linebacker core has mixed with Browns, look at you going on to the mid- linebackers again, man. <laughs> yeah. It, don't let me down this season, but um, you are the linebackers' yeah, just, number one. No, band, just dude. just mix with Brown's scheme. I'm excited for him because they get to blitz, and it's going to be awesome. Like it, they're going to do really well um, with with his schematics. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to keep saying it. Schemes, and, schemes, and schematics, sound, and linebackers. You mix those words I together. I want to say it keeps making me sound smart, but it's probably the complete opposite. So. No, the linebacker talk makes you sound smart because you're you're. <laughs> <laughs> That's the buzzword for the yeah, linebacker. Yeah, so I think that the the wrap up here when it comes to football is we're gonna clearly this is maybe the most captain obvious statement of the night. We're gonna know and feel a different way in two days. Like I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna be like oh it's time to go 12 and 0 and it's not gonna be doom is gloom the world has fallen over, but like, we're going to hear, we're going to hear Scott Satterfield and uh, the linebackers and wide receivers talk about the new era of football and really kind of step out of last year. It's going to be great when we come back and all Satterfield said is, you know, the best players are going to play on the field. <laughs> I want to, okay. I want to the most this. generic coach stuff. I do this in pure love, not in any, uh, I'm not making fun of him in any way. I'm not saying anything bad. I want, let's put an over under on the number of times the word culture is said. I'm sure there's a way we can figure out how to get all of his interviews or listen I'm, to all of them. So I'm gonna follow. I'm I'm gonna follow Ennis because uh, I'm excited to hear him because they keep track of like uh, I forgot what he calls it. He has he calls it something, but but basically they started doing this either a couple of years ago or last year. But they basically create a highlight reel of every generic sentence, like the same sentence that every coach says. Yeah, it's coach speak, right? Yeah, I mean like, but they. They nail it, and so they're just looking for certain stuff. And I guarantee you, there's gonna. I just hope Satterfield doesn't end up on, on a ton of those. But you know he will. But that's not to answer my question knows. though. How many times does he does he say the word culture? Uh, between all the interviews he's. he's I don't know how many I mean, he does. Say he's got five interviews. He's got probably more than that. Like okay. uh, fifty times. Is that too many? Fifty's not a bit. I was actually thinking fifty. I so say that's, that's a good over under. Okay, so we'll so we'll set the line at fifty. I don't know. Maybe that's high. I that's might say th- I might say thirty-five yeah, or twenty, maybe twenty might be the over. Uh, it depends on how much he talks. I don't know. If you have yeah, a ton of interviews and and people are going to be asking about it, that's a that was a big topic preseason before we really started talking. So I would say on average players. he might say the word culture twice in an interview. I think that's probably fair. Twice, more or less uh, than I'm average like five in an interview. An interview, okay. Yeah. So then, so okay. So if you have a lot of, especially if I'm not trying to give up details, what else? You know, do you again? In, I mean, that's my mind, I think I, that's just a very. I think it's a fun game. How many times? That's a say good it? buzzword. He's probably yeah. That's his. Fun. I feel like he's got that word just hung up in his house. Like that's his word. It's culture, and I love it. I love it. I just think he's gonna say it a lot tomorrow. I want to hear some Preach more it. about the football team. I want to hear some exciting like I'm ready to to do this, and we're gonna do this in fall, and here's where we're gonna get better. And uh, I think it's gonna be a, a fun couple of days. Just getting to hear a coach that we've not heard a whole lot of over the last couple of months. I mean, not saying we've not heard from him at all. We've heard from him every well, once in a while. Well, that's the thing. I think the not action, more than we need to. The action has been loud the last couple of months. Not not like so much of what he's saying, but like just from the recruiting tear they went on and, and all the news behind it and, and the guys they were landing, they kind of let that do the talking for them in the meantime, you know? And, and now it's – and I think I told you this before, but a big thing for me is – you know, I know Diener kind of ripped him this morning, similar to what you said earlier. You, just you only hear, refer you to radio hosts by their last name. Like, I don't yeah. think they have a first name. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Drew Diener. I think that's um, the – no, I, I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just I've realized that, that that's – you like to last name only these guys. Well, I'm, I'm sure whoever's listening to this, the no, they, five, they the five people that are, you know, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> at this point if they haven't turned it off, yeah, appreciate it. But um, who is that Ennis guy he's talking about? 
Oh, no, they know who that is. You totally got me off topic. Oh yeah, so Dina ripped him this morning on the radio, and and you kind of said similar stuff, but in a gent- more gentle way. But but basically, Dina said he's been doing a terrible job of of uh, of like promoting the team, like really hyping him up. And and my thing is one. Ouch! Is why, that what, I, why is that what you, you thought I said? Why would you? Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying. Okay, I was gonna say. Hopefully, I didn't like. No, like he kind of he kind of like bashed him a little bit this morning about. You know, said he's been doing like he said. Petrino's did a way better job of hyping up his team and stuff like. Which one, if you went two and ten, the previous season, I don't know how much hyping you could do. Yeah, if if you're wrong again, like yeah, you can't. You have nothing to boast about at that point. Uh, I don't even call last year boasting. That's not boasting. That's just going back to the whole. You know, he hasn't said a whole lot. They've been amazing on social media. Like I feel like fans have already forgotten how not social media savvy the right. previous staffs have been on football or basketball like it, it's crazy the change that's already happened because we're getting coaching insight videos we're getting uh weight room like just a whole lot of content that we really didn't have access to before and i think throwing when you consider that uh like yes i do want to hear more from the head coach about you know real things but at the same time they've already been giving much more of a window than we're used to having you know and i think we're already like forgetting that to some capacity. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I think you hit it right on the head several times. There, there's, I'm there, just digging the content that they're, like, I mean, that they keep throwing out. It's I quiet season. Them. There's just not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, but, I mean, I can see if you. I don't even think what Bobby Petrino did was promoting his team. Like, I mean, he didn't talk until he had well, to. He basically lied. If well, you think yeah, about exactly. It. I mean, sold us on a dream that wasn't true. But right. I'd rather you not say anything than than do yeah, that. Yeah. No, I would totally be down with tomorrow if Scott Satterfield instead of going in there and being like, "We're gonna go seven and five. I'd rather him just be like, "It's it's gonna be a growing season and a culture right. change season." Like, that's okay. I'd rather you be smart about what you say and control. The expectations are already low. So, you might as well keep it there, but miss me with that that's good promotion that's not good promotion and before that you had lamar jackson so like right. the promotion was itself like you didn't even need to promote your program because one it was being done nationally and two how could you not get behind that right that's why i mean i don't think he's done a terrible job i think the staff as a whole has done amazing in terms of it's just been a different way You're, yeah you it's it. just a different version of what we're used to yeah all right man any closing thoughts anything that uh you want to give the people before we leave uh, shout out to D Grandma, Grandma D. D. Yeah, taking, I was gonna say, how could you not? Her first swim lessons. Uh, so that's exciting. She she's never learned how to swim. So retirement's been awesome so far, apparently. Yeah, Grandma D. Congratulations. We're super proud of you learning how to swim. Yeah, good job, girl. Thank you for listening. Thank you everyone for listening. You can find us anywhere that podcasts can be downloaded, uh, and on Twitter at the Big Red Louie and BigRedLouie.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.